0: I feel good, um, taking one day at a time. Uh, just, you know, I'm not even trying to think about do I look like my old self. Uh, I'm a very confident player. I know whenever I'm able to get back out there, even if it don't, you know, maybe it might be one quarter, maybe it might be one play, um, whatever the opportunity is, uh, when I'm back out there, I know I'm going to be able to go out there and, and be who I am and play how I am. So right now I'm not focusing on if I'm making cuts and saying, oh, is that how I was before? I'm focusing on getting football shape and um, just living the moment, enjoying the moment and playing football again. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Giants running back Saquon Barkley bring in a lot of pieces to that offense and really address the offensive line. So we'll see how things shape up for Daniel Jones in year number three. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you on BetQL Daily on this Friday. Thanks for listening via the betql network check us out on the odyssey app also on twitch twitch.tv slash betql let's bring in adam levitan from establish the run terrific on the nfl adam we're inside of a week away how are you feeling heading into the season got every you have all your bets down everything you like in I'm alive i've i've
1: taken so many season-long player props, so I won't have my answers for a long time on those, but it's still good to get some action.
0: Well, why don't we start there? Uh, Perfect. Uh, You're one of the heavy hitters in the DFS and fantasy space, so uh, you're you're focusing on the season-long props. What are a few of your favorites?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously when you get to openers, you're going to find better stuff, and a a lot of the stuff, I think, um, is gone right now, but credit to... FanDuel and DraftKings for actually putting up, like, number three wide receivers and number two running backs with, with season-long player props, you know. And, and so I think there's still some stuff out there on DJ Chark that's good. I have under 905.5 yards on DJ Chark. We haven't projected around 818 yards. And I think, you know, these situations is just a good example of what to look for on season-long player props, guys whose role – is not certain. You know, we think that maybe LaVisca Chenault or Marvin Jones could lead this team in targets, and so we're not convinced that it's necessarily going to be DJ Chark. Then you throw in injuries, then you throw in rest possibilities, then you throw in signings or trades or, or whatever can happen. And, and the unders are always going to look good on these season-long player pops. So that's basically what I was looking for. Uh, you know, uncertain situations where we think that even in a good run out, even in a healthy run out, the line is about in line with our projection.
2: Karen Hawksworth here. So nice to speak with you this morning. Um, Tell me about some potential surprise players this season. For example, I saw on your Twitter, I know you've got specific thoughts on Damian Williams and Javante Williams. Who do you see that maybe could lead the league in rushing?
1: Yeah, well, lead the league in rushing is a tough ask. That's probably going to be one of the guys that, that are going really high and one that everybody knows. You know, I think sneakier guys that I'm on are certainly Justin Fields, Um, I think that Andy Dalton will start week one and play pretty poorly against the Rams, and immediately there's just going to be overwhelming pressure on Matt Nagy to get Justin Fields in. And then once Justin Fields gets in, you know he can find the floor immediately. If you watch in the preseason, I mean, he was very likely to tuck and run way more than Trey Lance was. We've moved Justin Fields slightly ahead of Trey Lance. I I think some other guys at at other positions that people aren't talking about maybe as much would be Rondell Moore the wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals and this Larry Fitzgerald role. You know, they kind of force-fed the bubble screens and the quick hitters to Larry Fitzgerald last year and hoped that he could do something after the catch. Of course, he couldn't at this point in his career, but Rondell Moore, I could see five, six targets a game and easy targets, really high catch rate targets. And then Gerald Everett at tight end comes to mind also. I mean, you can get him almost free, but in deeper formats, if the Seahawks are going to play the way they're talking about playing, Faster, get the ball out quicker. Gerald Everett is the best athlete that Russ has had at the tight end position, and I think Gerald Everett makes a lot of sense there as kind of a veteran changing teams. We see this all the time with tight ends on their second contract breaking out.
0: Uh, Adam, as you were uh, going over the season props market and breaking that down, and you mentioned there was some stuff early uh, that you liked how did the books handle it overall with the addition of the 17th game with the quarterback play we we don't think there's going to be much of a change there there were some rumors i don't i don't know if it's actually going to happen but uh there has been some chatter with the extra game that maybe some guys won't get the heavy workload like they did in the past uh especially with running backs or maybe there will be an extra week with your playoff spot solidified or maybe your season's over earlier And guys don't play as much uh, late in December. Uh, What what did you notice in the markets? Did they just average it out? Add one more game? Uh, Anything notable there?
1: Yeah, I I think for the most part, you know, they understand that sharp people are going to be taking unders on these, and so you see these lines come in like uh, Joe Mixon, you know, nine hundred and ninety-five rushing yards over under. It sounds really really low for a guy who. Um, is going to be the feature back on his team. I mean, 900 yards over a 17-game season sounds really low. So I I think they do probably get some public action on overs. But, yeah, you know, I think that they likely just took an average and brought it down, an average of 17 games, and then brought it down to a point where they thought that they could get some action on both sides. Um, Yeah, I think you make a great point about extra rest. I mean, any team – which uh has stuff locked up we know teams like the Chiefs as soon as they get things locked up they like to sit their players for the playoffs and then bad teams you know on the other side you could see unders on on Jaguars or Bengals whoever you think is going to be bad this year I mean they're going to be really in bad shape and some veterans on their team I could see not wanting to play in week 17 their 17th I'm sorry their 17th game or their 16th game so you know, all roads are just going to lead back towards unders. I think the books try to understand that, but but like I said, that there, I'm sure there's some public money on the overs also.
2: What do you think um, about Mac Jones? You know, um, move up the board. I mean, how? What kind of impact will that have?
1: Yeah, I think it's better for the Patriots. Uh, a lot better for the Patriots. You know, I, I had big spades on on the Patriots last year just based on Cam not being healthy and not being able to throw vertically and aggressively. So. Um, I think Mac Jones looked awesome in the preseason. I think he'll be a big upgrade for them as a team from fantasy perspective. I don't think Mac Jones is really in play uh, at all. They're going to play different than the rest of the NFL is playing. They're going to play with two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. They don't have very many weapons at the wide receiver position. They're going to try to run the ball. They have you know easily top five offensive line, and so I don't think Mac Jones is going to find any explosive stats or explosive fantasy. Games on a consistent basis, but for the Patriots in real life, I think there'll be a big upgrade.
0: With Adam Levitan, co founder of Establish the Run, BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you on the BetQL network. uh, Have you placed a wager on Offensive Rookie of the Year, or do you have a plan of attack in season?
1: Yeah, good question. You know, the the offensive, you know, the MVP award almost always goes to quarterback. Uh, That's not the case with offensive rookie of the year you know but there's so many good quarterback prospects this year i think that fields and mac and lawrence are obviously going to play a ton i think zach wilson is going to be better than people think but you know then you have the special skill position players i mean kyle pitts uh, you know if kyle pitts goes over a thousand yards of the tight end position as a rookie i think he would be a pretty good contender as well so i haven't bet anything yet i think you know the market has really soured on Jamar Chase, and I think Jamar Chase is just a really unique prospect, and I'm not too worried about him dropping some balls in camp and stuff. But if the Bengals are really bad, it's hard to see him winning uh, the vote. So, you know, if, if you could get Jamar Chase 25-30-1, to 1, I think that would be good. He opened at 13. I think it went down to, to around 20-1 to 1 on FanDuel at one point. I'm not sure what it is now, but I think that's at least, at least interesting.
2: Yeah, I was also thinking about Kyle Pitts um, for Rookie of the Year. Um, I saw you wrote about my perfect day. Um, Just give us a little teaser, a little preview, some of your favorite picks from that.
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you know, I, I like to draft for fantasy in a way which allows me to really hammer wide receiver in the middle rounds. And so by getting a running back in round one, or round two, and then worrying about other running backs later, so guys in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth round, Javante Williams, uh, A.J. Dillon, Raheem Mostert, uh, Trey Sermon, guys like that you can get a little bit later as your second running back, and just take one early in round one or round two really opens up a lot, and and we're just trying to capitalize on the chaos of an NFL season. There's going to be so many injuries at the running back position. You know, we see all these mid-round picks. Daryl Henderson I thought was a good pick, and then they go and they sign Sony Michelle. I mean, that would just never happen at the wide receiver position. You know, T. Higgins is not losing his job to some guy off the street or some trade for a sixth rounder. Same with, you know, Adam Fielding or, or Tyler Boyd or Jerry Judy or all these guys, all these wide receivers that I like in the middle round. So I, I think ideally getting a running back early, hammering wide receiver and maybe tight end early-ish, and then going back to running back later is the way I like to play it. Um, and that would kind of be the perfect setup. And, and getting a Russian quarterback late, you know, one of Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields or someone like that, Trey Lance, someone like that, later if you miss on the kind of Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson tier, I think is good.
0: Uh, six figures, winning six, i am rather seven figures, it's, a, it's always a dream, whether you're talking about DFS with the Millie Maker or people flying out and signing up at Circa or the Westgate, um, for all these various ATS contests. Uh, but I know you guys at established the Run, you dropped an episode on maybe a few tips that could help you, uh, give you an, an increased chance at winning the Millie Maker. Uh, can you shed some light on that?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I mean, referring to the DraftKings, Millie Maker, $20 buy-in, and, uh, you know, million to first, Vandal has their version. Also, uh, basically, you need a perfect lineup. I mean, a- almost the actual nuts to to win uh the millie maker and you know it's very unlikely but there is uh, a ton of bad lineups in there and you know one thing people are doing is is not stacking enough and, and not double stacking enough in other words if your quarterback is Dak Prescott you want to have two wide receivers from his team so you know Gallup and Lamb or Cooper and Gallup or some combination of that and then in order for those guys to really go off for Dak to have a ton of attempts, 40, 50 attempts, somebody on the other side is going to be pushing him to do so. And so we find a lot of leverage. I mean, probably the most leverage you can find is by bringing it back, we call it. And so if the Cowboys were playing the Eagles, you would bring it back with uh, Jalen Rager or Devontae Smith or something like that, and with one of those guys. So hopefully what happens is Dak goes off, you know, throws a bunch of touchdowns to Cooper and Lamb, and then, uh, Jalen Hurts has to throw a ton and he starts throwing it and they all go to Devontae Smith and that forces back to throw more it's just kind of the push and pull there and I think that's the biggest thing people can think about you need to think about what happens if you for you to have a 0.01 percent lineup uh, in the top 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 percentile and so think about what happens for that to happen and it's going to be you know some crazy setup but that's how you have to set up your lineup
2: we were just talking about how Donnie Wahlberg thinks that Cam Newton could have led the Patriots to the Super Bowl. I'm just curious, where do you think, what do you think will happen for Cam now?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's hard um, for people to, I think, uh, not look, look forward more than they look back, you know, and, and, you know, the cliche that Father Time remains undefeated is just so true i mean it happens to everyone i guess except for except for tom brady and so you know uh, it's it's hard because i loved cam newton you know when he was younger too i mean he was an awesome player i love to use him in fantasy you know guys have injuries he had a really bad foot injury he had a really bad shoulder injury and that's just what happens to most players i mean most of us so um yeah i'd be shocked if cam could could really lead a team anywhere near the super bowl uh, (laughs) at this point in his career unfortunately (laughs)
0: Or to the football field on Sunday. I mean, I, I, have there been any rumblings? I don't even think anyone's interested at this stage. Um, week yeah, one no, in the NFL. no, I don't NFL, think anyone
1: will be, yeah. be interested. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it. We would know by now. Uh, week <laughs> one in the NFL. Sides or totals. Any? Uh, any game jump out more than the others?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't bet many, many sides or totals. I, I did take. Uh, I thought the Seahawks were just better than the Colts. Period. And then the Colts obviously had the injuries to Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson and T. Y. Hilton. And so I have some Seahawks at plus at plus money. Now I think they're minus two and a half uh or so, which I think is probably still okay. I you know, I'm not a big one for, for road favorites, but uh that was one that I think the Seahawks are just flat out better than the Colts by a pretty significant margin, better than the market thinks. You know, I, I hate to say another road favorite, but this Texans team, I mean, could be historically all time bad, and I know the Jaguars aren't very good either. I-, I think the Jaguars actually have a decent amount of talent. I'm worried about Urban Meyer, but I know they're laying three against the Texans down there uh, in Houston, and I think that's interesting. Just get out in front of the Texans. Like, I don't know if the public is ready, really prepared for how bad this Texans team is going to be, not just at the skill yeah. positions, which we know about in fantasy, but one of the worst offensive lines and one of the worst defensive
0: lines in the league also. Would you take the Jags in Survivor?
1: I have a pretty staunch rule of no uh, road favorites in Survivor, mm-hmm. uh, but, ah, um, uh, God, you know, you're probably it's not going to get another chance to try to use the Jaguars. Well, you'll get to use the Jaguars <laughs> home against the Texans eventually.
0: That's true. That's true. As long as uh, you can make it that long. Adam Levitan, co-founder for, yeah. of Establish the Run. Adam, uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adam.
1: All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye.
0: Good stuff from Adam Levitan. Adam Levitan on Twitter. Yeah, I was having that conversation with someone about using the Jackars in week one survivor. I I don't know that I'd be able to do that, even though it's the Texans. I'm not quite sure. We'll see. I will also see about this slate of college football. We're going to line them up next, go over all these big games with great teams that you'll be watching and betting this weekend. Keep it locked on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.